So, when was your last checkup? Oh no, not you. Although that's important too, but when was your last vehicle checkup? When it comes to service, nobody knows your Chevy better than your local Chevy dealer. Go to ChevyDriveChicago.com to schedule an appointment today. When you think about Taylor Swift, you think, okay, no one could be further apart from Donald Trump than Taylor Swift, but it's not the two of them that make a connection. There is something that looks the same among their fans. And I was intrigued by an article I wrote. I I didn't write it. I would have never come up with this concept. Joanna Weiss wrote it. Thanks for joining us, Joanna. It's, uh, Thanks for having me. <laughs> the title is what Taylor Swift's Eras Tour tells us about Trump's appeal. Are you a Taylor fan? Is that how this popped into your mind? I am. You know, I went with my daughter and some of her friends and their moms in the spring to the Taylor Swift concert when it was in Boston at Gillette Stadium. And it was, you know, it, it was a, a really memorable kind of incredible experience because it was such a collective experience. It was just it wasn't just you there as a fan to see the artist. It was used. It was all the people, you know, 70,000 or 80,000 people in the stadium singing along to every word dressed up together it just it, it, it felt like something more than just a concert and it made me think about conversations I have had as a journalist and even the you know people in my family with, with Trump supporters who talk about that community in the same way and kind of express their community in some ways that I think are surprisingly similar and when you wrote this article I thought the same thing I thought oh my gosh and just think about the merch sales at a Trump event and a Taylor Swift event, you know, it's kind of crazy. And you talk about it in an evolutionary sense. At least you spoke to someone about that. Why don't you uh, tell us that angle? That's right. Now, I spoke to a professor and a psychologist at Westchester University who was telling me that in an evolutionary sense, you know, way back in the kind of caveman days, when if we weren't, if humans weren't in groups, their survival was really threatened. You really had to have a group identity in order to get your food, you know, avoid the lean mammoth that was going to bore you. Like all, all the all the dangerous things in the world were less dangerous if you were in a group. And what that did was kind of hardwire in our brains this feeling that we need to identify with a group and that we are threatened by people outside of our group. So there's this kind of in-group versus out-group feeling. And in modern day, especially with social media, that has really translated to fandom. And that is so true because Trump's fandom is much like Taylor Swift's fandom. If somebody is perceived doing something negative against Taylor Swift, her fans take to her defense. Heck, they'll even take up causes she that they think she supports and go after them. And the same with mega supporters. You know, they love Donald. They believe in Donald and they will support him. Come do it. Well, they're going to support him. So, um, yeah. How did you, the making the connection? What did you find out when you looked into the mega fans and how how their fandom is so similar to Taylor Swift's? I mean, I think what's similar is this this feeling of being embattled. You know, particularly in a state like Massachusetts, where I live, which is a very blue state that still has a, a core group of Trump supporters, like a, anywhere in the country. And I think people there especially feel isolated. But I think this this, this applies to to. Trump supporters all over the country. It's, you know, the, he's a very divisive figure, and people who are Trump fans and supporters often feel isolated from friends or members of their own family. And what they find in 
these communities of fellow Trump supporters is a group that they can identify with. And so that manifests sometimes in them forming clubs and groups of, of Trump fans that can go and do standouts and hold out signs in support of Trump. And, and it translates to these rallies being, you know, we've all seen Trump rallies on TV. Some of the you know, reporters have seen them in person. They're these, they're, 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 they have an intensity that's different from your standard political rally. And I think that's partly because of the community that people feel when they go there. They feel like they are part of a collective, part of a group. And much like Taylor Swift, knowing her fan base, he knows his fan base. So he knows when he poses for a mugshot how that is going to be used eventually to sell merchandise. Exactly. And that mugshot from the Fulton County Jail during one of his indictments that came up during one of his indictments this year, that kind of defiant mugshot that I think took a lot of people by surprise because, again, Trump breaks a lot of political norms and he breaks a lot of social norms. And that's not the way you usually see people in a mugshot. But that that look of sort of anger and defiance was so it, it, it tapped into that to, to, to such a strong feeling with Trump fans that it was instantly on T-shirts and coffee mugs and available for purchase and a way just like a pop star can sort of make make an iconic image into a symbol that mugshot sort of served that purpose for Trump fans. This is Joanna Weiss. She wrote an article called "What Taylor Swift's Era's Tour Tells Us About." Donald Trump's appeal. It really does come down to fandom. And you did interview people who are a part of the mega movement who never perceived themselves to be a part of it, but now they're all in. What did you learn from that? Well, again, I think that they felt not just you know, something about Trump's presentation in 2016 connected to them. And I think, well, you know, so much has been written and studied about that. And I think he, you know, one of the many things he represented was sort of a resistance to a lot of demographic and social and economic change that was happening to that, to this country. And so people who latched on then are very unlikely to give that up. And I think that's partly because of political beliefs, but it's partly because of the community that they developed and the feeling of connection that they develop with other Trump fans. And that, again, is, is something that connects fandom across different domains. People who study fandom say that at a certain point, the object of the fandom becomes almost less important than the community that the fandom creates. And that, you know, you see that with Taylor Swift fans. You see that with Trump supporters. You see that sometimes with fans of TV shows and comic books who will go to conventions with other fangoers long after the TV show is off the air. Think about Star Trek fans. Star Trek hasn't right. been on the air for so long. But Star Trek groupies find this community and this this collective feeling this group identity in their fandom that just carries them through long, long past the source material being new and being on the air. Well, you took a look at it in a way that I have never viewed it, and I found it very interesting. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, you can check it out. You'll find it online. Joanna Weiss, Politico. It's called What Taylor Swift's Era's Tour Tells Us About Trump's Appeal. I guess maybe she does dip into politics a bit because she got 35,000 of her fans to register to vote in one day. If she continues that campaign, um, single women will be determining what happens at the ballot box. Steve's News is coming up next from the Northwestern Medicine Newsroom.